This is The Law School Show. Helping you navigate the law school experience with resources and opportunities curated for your success. Catch it all here, right now, on the Student Life Series. Hi, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Student Life Series on the Law School Show. My name is Bianca, and I'll be your host for today. Today, I have the honor of being joined by Professor Tanya Monastir. She is a professor of law at the University of Buffalo in the United States and is the author of Shit No One Tells You About Law School. Before you ask, I checked with our producer of the law school show, and she confirmed to me that we can, in fact, say that word on here. So that's great news. Um, Professor Monastir has published in leading academic journals. Her work has been cited by the Supreme Court of Canada. She's also won Professor of the Year awards at both the Roger Williams uh, School of Law and Queen's University Faculty of Law. So Professor Monastir, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. Thank you. So um, first of all, can you please introduce yourself to our listeners, tell them a bit about your background and uh, everything like that? Yeah, of course. So I'm, I'm happy that my very first podcast is a Canadian podcast because I'm Canadian, born and raised in Toronto. I went to undergrad at York and I went to law school at Osgoode Hall and my family's all in Toronto. So even though I'm across the border in Buffalo, I'm still Canadian, Torontonian at heart. Um, I spent time, yeah, I spent time in, um, in England. I did my LLM at Cambridge. I worked in the United States at a pharmaceutical company, and I worked uh, at a couple different law schools in the United States, as well as, as you mentioned, at Queens in uh, in Kingston. So that's me in a nutshell. Let's talk about what we're here to talk about. Can you tell us a bit about uh, the book that you wrote? Yeah, of course. Um, so the book, as you said, is called Shit No One Tells You About Law School. And that's exactly what it is. And it's all the, I think, little things that fall below the radar that students are actually very concerned about that they don't have anyone to talk to about. So I would say maybe half to two thirds of the book is that kind of stuff. And the other stuff is you know, things that people do tell you about law school, but I think I have a little bit of a different take on some of those things. So things like note-taking and outlining, yeah, people tell you about that stuff. And I tell you about that stuff in the book too, but I think it's a, through a little bit of a different lens. And so um, so that's, that's the book. I think it covers the gamut from you know, the studying and outlining and note-taking and study groups, all that kind of stuff. But also a big piece of it is the emotional aspect, I would say, of law school. Things like, you know, um, imposter syndrome and feeling like you're not good enough and, you know, not having your bearings, all that kind of stuff. Um, people don't really talk about that much. I think there's there's a move now to talk about it a little bit more, but not as much and not as candidly, I think, as as we should. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I think that, uh, you know, at least on the Student Life series, we love to talk about imposter syndrome um, and kind of the mental health side of law school. 
But as you said, it's not really talked about much. It's kind of getting better. Um, I really, really enjoyed your book. Um, I thought that well, thank you. it was uh, absolutely it was so comprehensive. Uh, you know, you talk about everything from going uh, your first weeks in law school, uh, the grades, Socratic method, networking, organization, outlining. Like at this point, I don't know if you need to cover anything else. I think you've covered it all. <laughs> right, it's all there. Just read the book, right? <laughs> exactly. I really thought that it was such a good, uh, like, practical guide for students. I love that you put examples, like, you actually put examples of outlines to actually show students uh, what it looks like. Right. Um, you know, I'm just bringing up the outlining because you mentioned it there at the end. So that was really valuable for me. Um, and I think as a whole, like, the best way that I would describe this book is as if your mentor sat you down and told you everything that had to do with law school and just laid it all out for you no holding back oh that's so nice that is like such a nice thing to hear because that's exactly what I wanted this to be because I I feel like I've had conversations about all of this with my research assistants and students that come to me but that's a limited audience right that's like 10 15 20 students and I felt like I really want to reach more people and in a kind of casual sort of not the I'm the professor and this is what I say kind of way so I just I love how you encapsulated that thank you oh thanks well thanks for writing the book it was so valuable I found to read it and um, just to kind of touch back on that what exactly did inspire you to write the book you know you talk about your research assistants and you kind of like to be a mentor I think to them right so uh, what inspired you to write the book for for all the students out there yeah, I wish I could say like there was one defining moment, but it, it wasn't exactly like that. It was just over the past few years in particular, I found myself taking on more of a mentorship role as I got more senior in my career. And, you know, I have a lot of students, the students that wrote reflections in the books that, uh, that in the book that I'm really close to. And I feel like I've had these conversations with them and I wanted to have that conversation more broadly with people, but I didn't feel like my classroom was the right place um, because I didn't want it to be like, oh, I have a captive audience. Let, let me tell you everything that I think, right? Like, I just didn't think that that was my role in the classroom because I'm here to teach contracts. And so I felt like it was a little bit um, crossing the line to impose my view on, on students in the classroom setting. So what happened is last summer I got COVID and, um, and so I was, I was um, quarantining for two weeks at the time. And my husband's like, you should start a blog. And so he just, he got me set up on a blog and I was like, I don't know what to do, what to write, how to do this. But um, I did it and it was really fun. And I, I did like a series of posts and I would say that the students that, um, that read the blog, they really loved it, but my audience was kind of limited. And I was like, hmm, like, I don't, I don't know why, no matter like how many times I told people, hey, read my blog, you know, it wasn't really taking off. And then I thought, you know, what if I take all these blog entries that I have and sort of build a book around this? And so that was kind of how, how it came about. Um, like funny story is my research assistant, Misha, I think I could say her name. So her, her mom um, and her came to, to our house for um, 
for drinks one day last summer and her mom's like a total entrepreneur. She started a, a business in, in the Caribbean. She's got a business here in New York. And her mom's like, you need to monetize the blog. And I was like, I, I don't even know what that means. Like, is it sponsors? Is it, you know, like, no, I, that's just not what I do. And like, for whatever reason, those words just like stuck in my brain, like monetize the blog. And then I was like, it just like shifted my mindset to like, let's transition this into a book, like a, a like a product. Um, so that's sort of, and you know, I, I obviously didn't do it for the money, but um, like Misha's mom planted the seed in my mind about like sort of transforming this. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool actually. So then um, what made you settle on your, uh, on your title for the book? Oh, you know, again, I wish there was like a great story, but there wasn't. I mean, the I was toying with um, irreverent as the title, but then I was like, but irreverent sounds like irrelevant. And it's sort of like, <laughs> it's it's a hard word to say. And I don't know that it captures what I wanted it to say. And so, um, yeah, I I was sitting there one day at my computer and then it just like came to me. And I wrote it down and then I thought, yeah, I can't use this. <laughs> like, um, I can't have a swear word in the title, but I ran it by, um, you know, my research assistants at the time. And again, going back to Nisha, who I love, she was like, I love it. It's got to be that. And I was like, no, I, I just can't. It's, it's not me. And it just like stuck because no other title, like I threw around some titles, but none of them seemed to be like catchy enough. And, uh, so, you know, the title caused some issues Yeah, with, with different publishers, um, certain publishers really liked the book idea, but they thought it was a little too like edgy and, um, I'm sure that I went with was like, you have carte blanche, you do you. And they love the title. They didn't want to edit out anything. And so that's how I knew that, that it was the right fit because they didn't want to, kind of censor the, you know, my voice, not that there's much that needs censoring. The book is a little bit on the edgy side. Uh, I agree with you, but it's, it's, your book is funny. <laughs> That's it. Like, <laughs> Thank you. I, like, I found myself chuckling at some of the, like, the little footnotes that you put, like, I kind of call them like sassy footnotes. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> They're a little sassy. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. some of them you're like, it's kind of funny, like you're putting notes to yourself and you're, you're being, sometimes you're being sarcastic to yourself. And like, I see myself as a reader in that as well. You kind of have your own little self thoughts in your footnotes and it's really, it's, it's actually really cool. Oh, thank you. It made it a lot of fun to read. Um, Cause I, I kind of like, I laughed out loud a few times. Um, or sometimes you talk about your family and you have some kind of yeah. like funny stories there and some analogies like um like when you compared uh running to the dean and your father complaining about um the price oh, of drugs at the oh, pharmacy. about the drug prices oh don't even get me started that's like one of the most embarrassing moments of my life so can I tell the story please yeah go ahead Oh, yeah. So it was like a couple of years ago when I went to the pharmacy, I think it was at like no frills or whatever to pick up his prescription. And, you know, I said, I'm, I'm here to pick up the prescription for Graziano Monastero, you know, which is like a mouthful. So I said, do you want me to spell that out for you? And she looked at me, she's like, oh, no, we know who that is. And I was like, 
oh, that didn't sound good. And and so I, I said, well, oh, you know, my father. And she's like, yeah, we all know your father. And I'm like, oh, why? And I just knew it was like not good news. And she's like, oh, he comes in here all the time talking about how high the drug prices are and complaining. And I was like, no, please tell me that's not so. And so, you know, I, I feel like I have to do an apology tour a little bit on behalf of my dad. So I, you know, it's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, he has no censor and he doesn't realize you're not responsible for the drug prices. But um, yeah, so I guess back to law school, I, I um, compared that to students going and complaining to, to the dean about every little thing, just not appropriate. Yeah, exactly. There's a few times where these kinds of little stories come up and I feel like I almost know your family now <laughs> in a weird way. I know, I know. Um, I, when you wrote uh, like that is not proper in certain parts of the book. <laughs> yes, that's like another one of my dad's favorite lines. That is not proper. He has like, there's there's two gears with him, proper and not proper. And so like, there's no in between. You either do things the right way or you do things the wrong way. And so in you know, in the book, I talk about how in law school, there certainly is like a right way and a wrong way to, to do things. Though I do think I see a little bit more shades of gray than my dad does. <laughs> exactly. I think your dad is probably one of the, like, one of my favorite people in the book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some, one of my students referred to him as a character. I'm like, he's, he's not yeah. a character, right? Like, you know, he's real. <laughs> so... Um, but, uh, you know, it's funny because he, he started reading the book and, um, just to show you how, like a little bit of insight, I dedicated the book to my dad, which I thought was a really nice thing. Right. So like front and center to my dad, you know, my mom, my brother, my husband got, I don't even think my husband was thanked in the beginning, but they're all in a footnote, right? Like my dad's like center stage. And so he, he's, he's like, um, so I was visiting um, Zia Talika, who's my my godmother, and she's like, did your daughter sign the book for you? And he's like, no, she didn't sign it yet. And so now he got caught up on the, but you didn't sign it. And I'm like, but I dedicated it to you. And he's like, yeah, that's nice, but you also need to sign it. And I'm like, oh, nothing is good enough for him, right? So I now have to sign the book for my dad to make him happy. Yeah, that is not proper that you didn't sign the book. <laughs> I know. I, but you know what? Like, I feel a little weird. Like, I'm not I'm not an author. I'm, it's not like I'm John Grisham. Like, I don't sign books for my parents. That's just weird, right? So I purposely didn't want to sign it because I'm just like, I don't know. That's, that just feels, like, pretentious to me. But if he wants it signed, so be it. I'll, next time I go home, I'll sign it. What do you think is the most was the most challenging part of writing the book? It wasn't I mean, I'm going to be honest and and say it wasn't difficult or challenging to write the book at all. It was actually really fun and easy and and that's because it wasn't intended to be like a traditional book. It was intended to be like here's what I think and I'm going to say it in my own words and I'm not going to try to make it sound fancy. And so I feel like everything that's in there has been in my brain for 15 years, right? Like it's all stuff I've talked about, thought about, read about. And so it was just a matter of putting it on paper. It wasn't like, oh, let me think about what I want to say and how I want to say it. It was 
like I've said this 20 times and now I'm just going to write it down on paper. So um, the writing didn't, I mean, honestly, from soup to nuts, it only took about like two, two and a half months to write the book. Um, I started, wow. in, yeah, I started last summer, like after the whole blog kind of flopped and <laughs> in, in September, I think I started writing it and um, the final version got submitted to the publisher, I want to say in January, but it was done in November. So um, yeah, it, uh, it didn't really take long. Um, but again, that's because I felt like this, this is all sort of part of me and I just wanted to get it out. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, the book, if it was kind of easy to write for you, I think it was definitely easy to read. I'll say that. Um, like yeah. there's a lot of, there's a lot of information and it's all really amazing information that um, I think would serve any incoming law student or current law student, but it's still easy to read because there are some like some funny things in it. And it's also a very like practical book, I find. And, you know, you really, uh, something else I noted is that you really, you really tell it like it is, which I really appreciate. Um, <laughs> not, not everyone appreciates that, but thank you. <laughs> well, I definitely do. And I think a lot of people should, but um, you know, you write uh, in like the first 10 pages, you say, Law school is like a special club where no one tells you the rules and everyone pretends like they belong. I thought that was amazing. Like I, I pulled that out and I thought, wow, she really just captured it all in a sentence. You know, it's funny that you that you should pick out that sentence because um, I had a different research assistant, Maddie, and she literally highlighted that sentence and said, this is the book in a nutshell, right? And so that line really resonated with her as well. So it's, it's so interesting out of a 300 and whatever page book, you guys picked the exact same line. Yeah, that's hilarious. I think it's, yeah, it just captures it all. And it kind of gives like, it sums up the book as a whole, but it gives you a good idea of where you're going with all of your advice. Like, you, you know, I picked up this quote and it kind of pictures the way that you give your advice throughout the book. It's just to the point, uh, you know, you say that it's your opinion, your advice, but you don't seem to shy away from anything in the book, which I really appreciate. Yeah, well, thank you. And yeah, I mean, that's like the one thing that I find frustrating about academic support materials. And like, I guess this would be considered that broadly speaking, is that it, it feels like a lot of them are so dogmatic. It's just like, you have to do this. And this is the way and it's like, it's my way or the highway. And I didn't want it to be that way. Like, I just wanted it to be like, this is really what I think works and what worked for me and what worked for students that I've taught. And if you want to go at it your own way and follow different advice or whatever, then then that's fine. But ultimately, just like think about it. Be thoughtful. Don't get like so caught in the panic and, uh, that is law school and just do things because like everyone else is doing it. Just like, you know, think about what you want to do and be deliberate is kind of the message that I want to send. So if, if people read my book and are like, uh, that's all, you know, I don't buy any of that like fine but I mean I really think that the message of you do you is is a universal message and hopefully we can all get on board with that one yeah I do appreciate that and um you know speaking of, of advice that you give in the book um I think 
there's going to be some advice that I'll take away definitely, which is, uh, you know, even with me going to my third year, I think that there's still um, some good perspective to be taken from the book, especially about uh, taking criticism and note taking. For me, those are like two points that kind of hit me like, okay, I think I need to change something because, for example, for note taking, I'm one of those students that kind of just like gets ready for class. Like I'll read once and then I'll just be there. And then after the class is over, I'll, you know, I'll just, well, during class, I'll type into my outline directly and I tend not to revisit the material, but that's one point that you brought up in your book was uh, space repetition. Yeah. And I think that and trying to like work on your outline every single day after class, write down everything and try not to format things during class. Uh, I think those right. are some tips that I'm going to implement in my third year. <laughs> it's a little late, but. Oh, good. Yeah. It's never too late, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's good to hear. And and the criticism piece, what did you take away from that? Uh, you know, I think that one, it's, it applies to my summer employment, I would say. Okay. If I get some kind of criticism, like it kind of hurts my self-esteem. Yeah. But I'm. Since reading your book, I've tried to take a perspective where I'm differentiating myself from, uh, you know, the advice I'm given. I'm trying not to take it like too personally. Yeah. And just saying, okay, you know, taking it and then saying, okay, how can I uh, learn from this? Like when, like you point out in one of your chapters, you need to learn by criticism and not from praise. Right. So I'm really trying to put that into practice. It's so hard to do, isn't it? <laughs> Like now I get like if I if my boss tells me, oh, you did a you know, you did a good job on this. I'm like, yeah, yeah. But like what was wrong with it? Right. <laughs> Just give it to me straight. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's sometimes hard when you're in the middle of it. Like I said, like at the time, the, some of the stories that I told about that, like I didn't appreciate criticism at all. And like I remember the criticism like 15 years later um and even now like if somebody critiques something I've I've written or done I'm like you know I tend to stew but and so I have to take my own advice because something like this happened a few weeks ago and you know I was like walking around the house you know like all dejected and my husband's like you wrote about this in the book, right? Like you told students to accept criticism, to not ruminate on it. He's like, you need to take your own advice. And I, I was like, I, I know, but it's like, it's easier said than done. So you, I appreciate how hard it is. Well, you worded it beautifully. I think you dedicated almost a whole chapter to how to take criticism and you explain it beautifully. Note out there for anyone who, you know, thinks that they kind of struggle with that aspect. I would highly recommend getting the book and taking a look at that um, because for me, at least, it was really, uh, it, it was good to learn from. Another part that I really appreciated about your book, I mean, I appreciated every part of your book, but. Oh, thank you. <laughs> some things just stuck out to me and uh, the chapter you wrote for the girls. Yeah. You, you say in the book that you almost didn't include it in and um, I'm so happy you did. Oh, thank you. There's a lot of stories from students in there yeah. that um, are really good. Like there's a quote in the book that says, as a female lawyer, you may find that you twist yourself into knots trying to be different things to different people. You may feel like you need to be kind and reassuring to the client, assertive, but not overly domineering in court and the right level of confidence in meetings. You shared your own experiences, you know, and it wasn't easy to go through some of these challenges and 
I'm just really glad that you did actually share them and shed light on some of the issues that women face in this uh, in this field. So I actually I'm really glad that you you left that in. Oh well, thank you. Yeah, that was that was a difficult um, chapter because I, I I wrote it and I sent it to the publisher. And then I said, I'm not including it. Um, and she said, you know, I, I can see why. And the first version of it contained, I think, more personal stories. And like I said in the book, like I gave little snapshots and the truth is actually kind of worse than what I presented. And so the first version was a little bit more unvarnished and like hit me hard to write it. And it felt kind of icky. And I thought, I don't know that I want this out there. So we decided, okay, like do what you're comfortable with. If you don't want this in there, it's not going to go in there. And then I sat on it for a couple of weeks and I revisited it and like worked on it to the point where I felt comfortable putting something out um, because I felt like it needed to be, to be said, it needed to be out there. Um, and, and it was done in a way that I was comfortable with, but there's a lot of themes in that chapter, um, you know, that are like tough to deal with, like the difficulties women face with other women and like how they dress and how they act. And, you know, are they nice enough? Are they too nice? Are they like not assertive enough? There's just like, there's so much to unpack and, you know, the challenges that women face are just really, I think, multifaceted. It's not just like, it's not sexism like we think of sexism back in the day. It doesn't look like that at all. And and like I say in the book, sometimes like that's worse because I think it's easier to call somebody out on like a blatantly sexist joke or something like that. Like that that's easy sexism. But what we see is so much more subtle and so much harder to deal with. I'm still happy that you included that chapter, even though you had to revisit it, because I still think that you got your point across very well. Yeah. And, I, you know, and just the opportunity for the students that I reached out to, to be able to tell a little bit about their stories and their experiences. Um, I, th I thought that was really helpful to show, like, these are students who are in law school now or just out of school who are experiencing, like, there's a commonality to all of it. I really do appreciate that too. You have a last part of the book with student stories. Right. And, you know, I related to a few of them in there too and pulled out some cool things of each, uh, some cool aspects of each uh, story. And they're such great writers. I mean, I don't, I was really impressed with the writing. Oh, they'll be happy to hear that. Yes. Oh, well, that's, that's so nice to hear. And they're all like from really different backgrounds and different stories. And, uh, you know, I wanted them to just say what they wanted to say, because at the beginning, I, I talk about how I asked them to do this reflection. And they're like, well, what do you want as though it were an assignment? And, and I was like, no, it's not an assignment. You just like, it's going to go in a book and you tell students what you want to tell them. And so, you know, one of the students talks about her struggles with mental health. Another student talks about his like family story and like overcoming adversity. And it's just like, I really think it shows that everybody comes to law school with different, um, different backgrounds, different baggage, different like obstacles that they have to overcome. And, and it can be done and not every law student's path is going to look the same. And that's why the book's so great, because there's something for everyone at the end of the day. Yeah. 
this might be a tough question, but oh, okay. <laughs> what is what would be your number one piece of advice for uh, yourself as uh, when you were a law student? Oh, that is like a very interesting question. My piece of advice, I feel like, and I talk about this a little bit in the book. Um, I was very focused on academics and fortunately I did find my path quite early on and I feel like I did all the right things to get where I needed to go. But I did that, I think, at the expense of having a law school experience in in terms of, you know, I didn't make a lot of friends. I didn't join clubs. I didn't like do very much stuff outside of school. And, you know, part of me regrets it because I don't have that like law school experience I can look back to and be like, oh, that was like a great time of my life. Like all I remember is studying basically. Um, But, you know, I did have a scholarship and it was conditional and I felt like this immense amount of pressure to like make sure I kept the scholarship so I didn't have to pay or my parents didn't have to pay. So, you know, it's, it's tough because I guess... In retrospect, I wish I had like relished the law school experience a little bit more and done like more in different things and and made like a bigger friend group. Um, But at the same time, even if I had to do it over again, I'm not quite sure if I would have done it differently because I I had those pressures, right? Like the financial and, and other pressures. And I think that's something that a lot of students like have, right? They don't want to lose their scholarships or, you know, fall below a certain GPA. And so I think it's like, it's it's almost hard to have it all, right? Yeah, I, that's, that's great. I mean, uh, I think you do capture that in a big part of the book, like you said, uh, you know, you talk about the finances, even which I think, you know, a lot of people don't cover that part of law school. If you have a scholarship, you know, it's merit-based, you have to retain it. There's not, uh, there's not a lot of talk about that, at least that I've heard. So, um, so that's great. You kind of just lay it all out again. Yeah. I mean, the finance chapter, like I'm, I'm pretty like militant about finances, as you could probably tell from the book. And I think that like not, you know, students in undergrad and law school don't really maybe think enough about that or think about it in terms of real money. They just think like, oh, that's a loan. I'll pay it back over like 20, 30, 40 years. But like, you're going to be paying for the rest of your life. It's really, it's something to to think about. And I know like as somebody who's, you know, 21, 22, it's just like, it's so distant, but you know, the cost of law school is like the cost of housing in some places, right? Or certainly the cost of a very, very expensive car. And so, you know, when you look at it like real money, which is what I encourage students to do, not just like a loan that you sign off on, it it makes a big difference when you're like, okay, that's two Ferraris that I'm paying, right? To go to law school. Or a few Big Macs, like you said in your book. <laughs> Or yes, my Big Mac conversion. <laughs> yes, no one's going to understand what that means. And so you got to read the book to understand. You got to read the footnotes, right? They're the best part, right? They're great, honestly. Well, to end it off now, how can our listeners get a, get their hands on your book? Yeah, so um, the book is available through Kindle on Amazon.ca. We are currently working on getting 
Amazon.ca stocked with actual physical copies of the book. And that's been a bit of a problematic process, but I'm working on that each and every day for my Canadian readers. Um, it is available on Amazon.com, which I believe does ship to Canada, though there, though there might be a shipping charge, which, which sucks. Um, also, the publisher has told me that um, they will ship um, to Canada. So you can get it from the publisher, which is Carolina Academic Press. So if you just Google Carolina Academic Press and the name of the book, which is Shit No One Tells You About Law School, um, you'll find the book. And I believe that they're offering a 10% discount. And um, I'm hoping shipping is free. And now that I've said it on the podcast, I feel like they have to like maybe do free shipping to Canada. So you can show them the podcast and sell them. Yeah, I'll be like I said it. So I feel like I've I've put that out there into the universe and you need to make it happen, Carolina. So and um you know if we can we'll have it listed in the show notes. So uh in the podcast notes if people can access uh on uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this. Um but yeah I just as a last word I just want to say thank you so much for coming on. I mean it was a pleasure having you. I appreciate how uh, honest you are and I can truly say that hearing you talk it's exactly how you put it in the book oh that's, yeah oh that's so nice to hear it's like again my research assistant was like it was like hearing you I could hear you in my head yeah so, um yeah so the the book is is me and you know like it's it's good that you're not like I feel like a different person wrote that book. Um, so yeah, no, that's good to hear. Absolutely. You're, you're very true to who you are and it really shows in the book. And uh, I'll say it again. I just, I think it's a really great book. I think that um, ev like everyone who's coming into law school should get it, honestly, if I'm reading it. And uh, I think so too. Yeah. <laughs> and so is my dad. <laughs> right. So let's do your dad proud. People will get that if they read the book. My, my dad wants me to sell millions of copies worldwide, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so let's make it happen let's make it happen folks <laughs> and uh I think also if you're currently in law school I think that you can also maybe have a change of perspective and uh change how you do things if you know if that's what you want to do absolutely yeah so anyways I, I just want to say again it was such a pleasure having you uh Professor Tanya Monster and uh thank you so much for coming on and talking about thank your book you. I really appreciate it of course, anytime. I'm happy to come back anytime people want to chat. <laughs> thank you so much. And thank you to our listeners. You've just been listening to The Law School Show, Student Life Series. You can find more episodes on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on our website, thelawschoolshow.com. If you like what you've heard, give us a like on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and Instagram for the latest updates. Curated resources and opportunities to help you navigate the law school experience in every episode. Catch it all here next time on the Student Life Series.